Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 198 of Brewers on Tap. The crew rolling. They're 15 and 10. They have a two game lead in the NL Central, and they're essentially a game off to a half game off of the best record in all of baseball right now. Kansas City Royals at 15 and 8. So technically, they're a game off of the best record in Major League Baseball. They're a half game off of a bunch of other teams that sit at either 16 and 10 or 15 and 9 but the Brewers are right there and they're doing it all with a bunch of injuries 14 players on the injured list Thursday night as the Brewers beat the Dodgers in game 1 of this four game series with the defending world champions 14 players on the injured list the big news of course yesterday Corbin Burns going on the injured list and that was without a specified reason but hopefully Corbin Burns will be back sooner rather than later. It sure sounds like it's not anything that's going to be of long-term significance, and then hopefully Corbin Burns will be back in the coming weeks. The Brewers have done a really nice job navigating all these choppy waters with these injuries. Remember, Christian Yelich, he's out with the back. Lorenzo Cain, he's out with the quad. Colton Wong is back, and he's been out of his mind. We're going to talk to him coming up later on on the podcast. But then you keep going on through some of these other injuries. Jace Peterson was playing well. Then he had to go on the injured list. It's been a tough one for the crew, but they have managed to find ways to work through it. Manny Pena is now on the injured list, and he's going to be out for a significant chunk of time, more than likely, with that broken left great toe. So the Brewers finding a way to persevere, finding a way to stick to their identity, which is great pitching, great defense, and timely hitting, and they got it again on Thursday night against the Dodgers. After dropping 2-3 or three to the Marlins, remember the Brewers had that 5-1 and one road trip that was uh, really impressive, sweeping the Padres and taking 2-3 or three in Chicago against the Cubs. But then you drop 2-3 or three to the Marlins, but the bounce back on Thursday against the Dodgers. Dodgers are throwing Trevor Bauer, the reigning Cy Young. They're the reigning world champs. And the Brewers are given a spot start to Eric Lauer, who had his struggles a year ago and struggled as well during spring training. But Eric Lauer has always pitched well against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Remember all those years with the Padres? I shouldn't say all those years, but those handful of years with San Diego in the NL West facing the Dodgers. And he always had success against Los Angeles. And it continued on Thursday night. Five scoreless from Lauer. The Brewers got another scoreless inning from J.P. Fireisen in the seventh. Devin Williams had some great defense behind him in the eighth and one of the best double plays I can remember in recent memory turned by the Brewers or really anybody in baseball. A hot shot up the middle off the bat of Corey Seager. Luis Arias took it on a hop. Colton Wong is timing, coming across the bag perfectly, takes the feed from Arias, jumps and fades, and fires it to first in time to turn the double play. The big part of that game, because the Brewers went on to win it 2-1. to one. Josh Hader did give up a run in the ninth inning, but 
slammed the door anyway and got the save. It was a big series opening victory for the Brewers, and it really set their pitching up well for the rest of the series now because now Freddie Peralta goes on Friday, Brandon Woodruff will go on Saturday, and the Brewers haven't announced a starter as of right now at the recording of the podcast for Sunday, but it could be Adrian Hauser on regular rest, or they could try to plug in a Jordan Zimmerman who has been uh, brought up and is now part of the active roster. Jordan Zimmerman actually saying on Thursday that he was about ready to retire, and then the Brewers brought him up. And so a cool story for the Wisconsin product that he's going to be able to be in a Brewers uniform now moving forward for the foreseeable future. So exciting times right now for the Brewers. They are finding ways to persevere despite all of these injuries, and it's been really impressive to watch. One of the guys that has stepped up at the plate throughout all of this has been outfielder Tyrone Taylor, and I had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about this great start he's been off to. Let's break it down. You have had such an impact since coming up uh, a couple of weeks into the season, and you have to feel really good about the way you've been able to contribute when you've been called upon so far. Uh, Yeah, definitely. I'm just trying to take advantage of my opportunities that I have and uh, try to help the team win. I'm just out there having fun and staying present and enjoying myself. There's been a lot of injuries to this team early on, but guys like you, guys like Billy McKinney, guys like Jace Peterson have stepped up and had big hits and big moments. How fun is it that everybody's been contributing to this great start? Um, Baseball is a team game, so to have us be able to contribute like that and uh, have those moments, uh, it's cool for us individually, and it's uh, really cool for us as a team, especially when we're coming away with the wins like we did in the past road trip. Uh, So it's been fun. Tyrone, you showed up to spring training and you were ready to go from the start. Even going back to the first inter-squad game at American Family Fields of Phoenix, when you homered and basically every swing you took, it seemed like you barreled up a ball in that inter-squad, and then it carried over, and you had the big hit the next day in the Cactus League opener, and you really just have not slowed down. What was your offseason like getting yourself ready for this season? Because you have showed up, and it seems like you have been on a mission from day one. Yeah, I just I just worked hard this offseason. I had I had a good uh I had a good mindset going into the offseason and then, then I was able to carry it uh carry it over throughout. Uh, I was able to meet some cool people whether it be uh the trainer I worked with or the strength coach that I worked with uh, during the offseason and uh, they helped me out a lot. I was able to fix up my nutrition and meet some cool people dealing with that. So, uh life's been good uh off the field and I think uh it carries on. It carries over to my the way I'm playing. How did you meet those particular people? What inspired you to to go find a nutritionist and trainer and everything else? And and who kind of pointed you in the right direction on those things? Uh, my goal this offseason was to uh, get a little stronger. So I because I felt like I was overswinging a good amount uh, last year and swinging and missing a lot and just and baseball it's if you make it harder than what it is, then it's uh, it's going to get to you. So it's a, I just try to keep it simple, try to keep my swing simple. And, and uh, in order to do that, I had to get stronger this offseason. So I met my new strength coach that I went to. And then uh, things just kept uh, trickling along. I, I went. He introduced me to my nutritionist, uh, my trainer I've been working with for uh, a couple years now. So we've had a good connection. And uh, it, it was just a good offseason. 
Tyrone, Tyrone, when, when you look at this team and everybody keeps talking about the pitching naturally as they should be, because it's been so great. Corbin's been setting records. Um, Brandon Woodruff has been the, the ace that we all know that he is. And of course the bullpen has been great. And the rest of the rotation has also really performed well. How fun is it to, to play defense behind guys like Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns and Devin Williams and Josh Hader and all these elite arms that the Brewers are able to run out there. Man, it's, it's so fun. Uh, they just go, they just go right after guys. That's my favorite part about playing defense behind them. You could, you could feel the competitiveness that they bring just from their presence on the mound and how they attack hitters and stuff. So it's a, uh, it's real fun playing behind them and I can't wait to see what they do for the rest of the season. You've been up now for three years. You were up at the end of the 19 season and we all had fun with the FedEx job and then you get the call up and everything else. <laughs> and then last year you were able to get a little bit more extended look at the major league level. And now here you are in your third year. Um, how much more comfortable are you now? Just not just in the clubhouse, but at the plate and in the field and everything else. Now that you've kind of been, been around the sun a couple of times with this. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's also one of the benefits of having an off season that I did. I became more comfortable with myself in general. So uh, I think that carries over to how I feel around the guys in the clubhouse and just being in, in the big league clubhouse in general. I'm just more comfortable uh, and more self-aware this year and uh, being around the guys and having known them for a couple of years now, it does bring that extra amount of comfort. So uh, it's, it's just fun being around them. It's, it's a good group of dudes and uh, I'm just happy to be here. Well, Tyrone, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. Best of luck tonight against the Marlins, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. Big thanks to Tyrone Taylor for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. He's been outstanding for the Brewers so far. It's been really fun to see him get this opportunity and then take advantage of it. We, we have talked about it a lot, about how he showed up for spring training and he was ready to go from the start and boy has he carried it over into the regular season he is nine for 26 in 13 games played so he has 30 plate appearances 26 at bats he is nine for 26 two doubles two home runs he's driven in seven he has a stolen base he's hitting 346 getting on base at a 433 clip and he's slugging at a 654 clip and he has an OPS north of 1,000 at 1,087. It's a small sample, and, and we're still going to say that probably through the month of May for a lot of these numbers, but that's a great start. And it's not just those numbers. It's your eyeballs. If you watch the game, Tyrone Taylor is barreling up a lot of baseballs right now. He is hitting the ball hard consistently, and it, it makes you feel good for him because here's a 27-year-old that was a second-round pick back in 2012 that at one point you were wondering, is he going to make it? Is he going to get to the big leagues? And not only did he get to the big leagues a couple of years ago, but now he's establishing himself as a legitimate guy that is going to be a big-time contributor, hopefully, for this team over the course of this year. Somewhat similar story, just a few years later, is Brewers' first-round pick from 2016, Corey Ray. Corey Ray first round pick out of Louisville. A lot of expectations on Corey Ray. He's had injuries. He hasn't always been able to stay healthy. He's had some disappointing seasons as well in the minor leagues, but now's the time for Corey Ray to make a big jump. And he made his MLB debut 
last weekend in Chicago, his hometown, and it had to feel really good for him. I had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him about that moment. We are joined by Brewers outfielder Corey Ray, who made his debut yesterday. And we remind you that the world has enough common. Concordia University encourages you to go outside your comfort zone, live with purpose, and use your talents to serve others. Concordia University, live on common, cuw.edu. Corey, first and foremost, congratulations. It's a great moment for every Major League Baseball player to, to get a reflect on uh, as they go through their career. And you're going to be able to look back and look on your debut in your city you grew, grew up in. What a, what a fun thing for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was talking to Hater before the game, um, just about how he took it in. Um, and he was like, "It'll day, it'll be a day you never forget." And um, I can attest to that. It is, it was definitely a day that I will never forget. Um, the opportunity to play, to play in front of uh, my family, um, in my hometown. There were even workers. I played here, um, in high school. At some point, there were workers who still remembered me and who followed me from that day. So they were happy for me. Um, it was just a really, really great day. Well, and you found out pretty close to game time. I think it was right before the anthem. So what was the scramble mode like for you at that point? One, to kind of get your mind right, because you were going to be active yesterday, but also to let your family and, and friends and everybody know that you're going to be making your debut potentially uh, on that day and, and for your family to get them to the ballpark. Yeah, definitely. My first thought um was call my wife. <laughs> she always said, um, whenever you find out, I better be the first person to know. So I, I, I called her and kudos to her because she took point in um, getting my dad and the rest of my family tickets um, and getting herself, the babies here and um, everyone else who, who I had enough tickets for. Well, and you get your, your, your first at bat and you fall behind Oh two. And as a big spot, I mean, you end up scoring the tying run essentially in the game yesterday, but it was, it was a big spot and you work that walk in the fifth inning. Take me through it because like I said, you're down Oh two and it would have been easy to get swing happy at that point, but, yeah. but you stayed patient and, and, and you got yourself back into the count and into the count and eventually got on base. Yeah, definitely. I think a big thing for me is to go into every at bat um, and take every pitch um, with no judgment, right? If I take a pitch right down the middle, so what it's the next pitch you get three, um, and just to understand that every pitch, every swing, um, every moment in the game is independent to it, to one another. So um, just trying to stay in the at bat and win the next pitch um, has been has been my goal. And that was my goal yesterday. I took a deep breath and I, I just kept saying, win the next pitch, win the next pitch. Then you make the last out. You, you get a chance to squeeze the last out. What did you do with the baseball? Did you give it to anybody? I gave it to Hater. Uh, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. <laughs> do with it. it was the first time I've caught, I've caught, I made the last out in a big league game. So I figured um, the closer worked hard for it. He should have it. What was your phone like when you got back to the clubhouse and uh, you got to your phone and kind of checked in with the rest of the world at that point in time? It was nuts. Um, exactly what I expected. I didn't expect that many. Um, you, I think in moments like this, you learn how many people are following you. Um, and how many people silently um, love you um, and are rooting for you. And it was really encouraging to see because there were people who I hadn't talked to, who I didn't even think um, still remembered my name, who reached out and, and, and let, let me know that they were following me and that the, the city's rooting for me. 
um, and, and just congratulations and good luck. Um, it was really encouraging. And um, I almost I almost shed a tear when I got back to my phone and I saw all the love that I had. Um, it was just a very special moment for me and my family. Well, Corey, it hasn't been always an easy path to this point for you. You were uh, the first round pick and and got off to a good start and had that big year in 2018 uh, in the Southern League when you were the MVP and and hit the 27 home runs that year. But you've dealt with some injuries, too, along the way. And so to, to stay in the right state of mind and stay determined and get to this point, that had to be extra satisfying for you, I would think. Yeah, definitely. I think it made yesterday that much more special, um, especially for the people who were there to witness everything that I've gone through. Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned through my journey is to control what you can control. Um, if you get injured, you get injured. You get healthy and you get back. Um, you get back to work. Just keep your head down and continue to work hard and whatever is supposed to happen eventually at some point it will. I know everybody was excited to see you get the opportunity yesterday and, and excited to see you up with the big league club. Congratulations once again and, and stick with it and hopefully you'll get some more opportunities and, and continue doing your thing. Yes, sir. Thank you. Big thanks to Corey Ray. Great moment for him. Here's hoping that he can keep making good progress and and be one of these latest success stories of kind of a late blooming high draft pick. The Brewers have had a couple of examples of that. Trent Grisham, who of course is now a Padre. Tyrone Taylor looks like he's turning into one of these success stories and maybe Corey Ray can be another one of those success stories of a Brewers outfielder taken high that maybe took a little bit of time, but the Brewers stayed with him and eventually here they come. Hoping that's the case for Corey Ray as well. He's a great guy, and he deserves a lot of success. I know he's worked really hard to get himself in this position. All right, Colton Wong has already dazzled us with his defense, but it's been his offense that's maybe turning people's heads more than anything. He has been almost impossible to get out since coming back off the injured list. Remember, Colton Wong got off to a slow start this year. It was not a great offensive start to the season for the Brewers' second baseman. Wong's first seven games, he was hitting just 105. He was two for 19 in his first seven games. Let's see what happened when he came back from the injured list. So he essentially was out for 15 days. He comes back from the injured list. He's played seven games since. He's hitting 480, 12 of 25, three doubles, two home runs. He's driven in four. He's got an OPS of 1340 since coming back. What does that mean for his overall numbers? Well, those are really good, too. He's hitting 318. He's getting on base at a 423 clip. That's exactly what you want out of your leadoff batter. And as we told you, the defense, of course, has been there for Colton Wong as well. The day after he came back off the injured list, so six games ago, I had a chance to talk with him about what it felt like and how great it was to be back on the field and what he thinks of this team. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, the game kind of got out of hand quick. Um, but that was the biggest thing for me is I didn't want to give any at bats away. You know, I understand how important the bats are right now for me to, you know, work on my timing, get locked back in. So, you know, to have the outcome that I did was awesome. But, uh, you know, it was just trying to stay locked in regardless of the situation. Games like yesterday, Colton, those happen. Every every team has a couple games like that over a 162. You're a veteran. And so you probably know better than anybody the best way to flush those games and move on. And that's the beauty of baseball. You get to move on the next day, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, like you can't control when guys, you know, get the pitches they need to do with guys in scoring position and they, they come through, you know, that's just what the Cubs did. Uh, yeah. Tip your cap to them. You know, it's one of those things where they, they gave us a little bit of a beating, you know, so uh, just stepping back out, knowing that, you know, every single day is a new day, um, new, new opportunity to do something special. And this team's been playing really well. So, you know, one little hiccup's not going to take us down. Colton, I know that even though it's frustrating that you've been hurt, and been on the injured list along with Christian and along with Lorenzo, three huge pieces to this team. It had to be inspiring to watch so many guys step up in your guys' absence and this team to continue to play the way they have. You had to love that. Absolutely. I mean, every single guy that stepped up, man, you can't help but just be happy with it. You know, I mean, guys who are finally getting their chance are stepping up and doing big things. I mean, to take to sweep the Padres like we did, you know, and, and not having us three in the lineup was huge. I think that's why the biggest thing for me was stepping in and setting the tone uh, today. You know, I wanted to make sure these guys knew I was here to work. I wasn't going to take this day easy. And, uh, you know, I wanted to put my best foot forward and try and have solid at-bats for the guys behind me. And it's always important to get that chemistry going in that middle infield. And you and Luis were starting to get there, and then you had to have that little pause. But it, it sure looked like today you guys were back and, and in midseason form together. Absolutely. Luis, is a, he's a gamer and, uh, you know, he's just getting better every single day. Uh, he's still very young, so I get the chance to kind of, you know, teach him the game a little bit, show him, you know, different outcomes, different ideas of how to approach the game. And, you know, he's been taking it in really well and you can see that he's just starting to come into his own, you know. So I'm just trying to do my best to, you know, keep helping him because, you know, as a young guy, you have those growing pains. We've all been through it. Uh, it stinks when nobody's there to help you and you're just kind of, you know, lost trying to figure it out. But, you know, that's been my biggest thing is, you know, anytime he has a hiccup or anything tough, I go and talk to him, try to help him, you know, figure out ways to, so it doesn't happen again. How much do you enjoy that part of the game? You had guys in St. Louis when you were young and coming up that would bring you off to the side and, and help yep. you through tough times or learning moments. How much do you enjoy paying that forward now yourself as a veteran? Yeah, I enjoyed a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, being a guy who came up, like you said, in the Cardinals organization with a bunch of, you know, old veterans who really knew how to take me under their wing and and show me the game, you know, things that I would mess up on, things that I really didn't know anything about. You know, they were there to help me, you know, look at the game from a different perspective, you know, have have an idea of how to attack the game in certain situations. And, um, you know, just trying to do the same thing, pass it along. You know, I feel like that's kind of the name of the game uh, at this level is, you know, you got to help the guys that helped you and, you know, just keep passing that down, you know, keep working with the guys that are younger, building them up. So, you know, when they get to this point, they can help the next guy. I think that's just, you know, it's a brotherhood at the end of the day and um, just trying to keep that, that line going. Colton, you said this morning to the media, or I should say you said on, uh, on Friday morning to the media that you had not really ever played with a pitching staff like this one. You had some great staffs in St. Louis, but but this one's on a different level, at least to start the year. What has it been like to sit back and watch Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and and Freddie Peralta and and really Adrian Hauser uh, and Fred Anderson when he's been as well and, and doing what they've been doing from a starting pitching standpoint? Yeah, it's been it's been fun, man. Like you said, we got our two horses at the top, you know, Woody and and Burns, and then you look at the other guys, man. Freddie's got that white ball slider, and he's been nasty. You know, you look at Hauser, he's got that sinker working, and he's been, you know, really just coming into his own as a pitcher. And BA is just BA, man. You know what you're gonna get. It's a guy who knows out there, knows how to go out there and compete and and use his stuff. And you know, today was a tough one when he was pitching while he was hurt, but we just know our pitching staff is so good because it's so unique. You know, we got different looks, different um, pitching perspectives coming at you and it's, just, it's such a tough lineup to face knowing that you got if, if you got a four game series you got those four guys that's four totally different arms so 
you know, it's been fun to watch these guys go about their business. I mean, every single guy is, you know, above their years of maturity and, and, you know, handling, you know, this situation. So it's been fun, man. I'm excited to be a part of it. Colton, we appreciate it. Thank you for giving us some time and best of luck today against the Cubs. Thanks, Lane. I appreciate it, man. Colton Long with us here on Brewers on Tap. And that's going to do it for us. We appreciate you stopping by for this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We'll have another one as the Brewers go on the road next week. Philadelphia and Miami on tap after this Dodgers series. Can't wait to talk to you again and see what the next week has had in store for Brewers baseball. Stay healthy, stay safe, everybody. Until next time, I'm Lane Griffin.